Isn't that great? Just love that. Sorry, that's, that's, my, that's my time of the week to take just a moment and just enjoy that. That's a beautiful thing. Open God's words with me today to the book of Exodus. What does Exodus have to do with Acts, right? I'm sure there's some wise scholars that could make a lot of uh, tie-ins there, but we're, that's not where I'm going today. We're, we're going to leave Acts alone for a week and um, concentrate on, on some other scriptures, uh, specifically in the Old Testament, um, in light of what's... Whew, I didn't, even think, I didn't even think preparing this that this was going to be hard, but it might be. Uh, just in preparation of what's going to happen to our land on Tuesday. Exodus chapter 23, beginning in verse 24. Um, the, the background here is the, the, the Israelites are receiving the instructions for going into the land how they're to do it, how they are to go about it, what their responsibilities are and what God's responsibilities are. And in verse uh, 24 of chapter 23, We shall not worship their gods, nor serve them, nor do according to their deeds, but you shall utterly overthrow them and break their sacred pillars to pieces. But you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water, and I will remove sickness from your midst. There shall be no one miscarrying or bearing in your, barren in your land. I will fulfill the number of your days. And this is the key verse in this section. I will send my terror ahead of you and throw into confusion all the people among you who come, and I will make your enemies turn their backs to you. Turn with me to the book of Joshua. I know it's a bit much to ask you to remember all the way back, but that's the first book that, uh, after we finished Colossians, when I first got here, that was the first book that we uh, went through page by page, verse by verse. And in chapter 2, we have the, the story of Rahab hiding the spies. And we're going to begin there in verse... Well, you know what? I'm going to back up half a step. That's why I need to look at my notes more. Chapter 1, verse 7 through 9. And, and I, almost, I almost shouted this out. I, again, it's hard when we're singing a song to, to, raise, you know, to raise your hand and say amen and amen right in the middle of the song that you're singing. Especially our first song today. I was ready during the middle of that song just to shout out, Rock Shazak! Rock Shazak! And you're looking at me like, Pastor, you lost it. Anybody, anybody help me remember what Rakshazak means? Thank you. Be strong and courageous. Joshua 1, 7 through 9. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. 
Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. The verse that we just looked at in Exodus said that if you obey me and go into the land like I'm telling you to do it and you do it my way, the people ahead of you, I will make them tremble before you get there. And here, God is telling them and reminding them, you don't need to tremble or be dismayed. Because I am on your side. Rahab chapter 2. Starting in verse 8. She's getting ready to hide the spies up on the roof. And she says, now before they lay down, she came to them up on the roof and she said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that the terror of you has fallen on us. And that all the inhabitants of the land have melted away before you. For we have heard now how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt. And what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan to Sihon and Og whom you utterly destroyed. And when we heard it our hearts melted and no courage remained in any man any longer because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven, above and on earth beneath. Your God, he is God. Look at Joshua chapter 7 verse 5. And I don't know if any of you remember this from four years ago. Remember, one of the, one of the Israelites took some, some of the... the the booty from the, the battle and the, that they weren't supposed to take, they coveted it and they, uh, a fellow named Achan hid it, hid it in his tent and he buried it in the ground. Why did he bury it? Because well, he knew it was wrong that he had it. He shouldn't have had it. Chapter 7, verse 5 of Joshua, And the men of Ai struck down about 36 of their men and pursued them from the gate as far as Shabarim and struck them down on the descent. Get this. So the hearts of the people melted and became as water. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. These are Jews. Why are their hearts melting? Because in Exodus, God said, I will make your enemies' hearts melt. They will tremble. They they will be in terror. And now, now the Israelites are in terror because they weren't following the word of the Lord. They weren't obeying the commands that they were given. There was sin in the camp. That is why the Israelites were trembling and feared. And, and, and Rahab was telling the, the, the spies that, that their people had a terror befall of them. And all the inhabitants uh, of the land has melted away before you. In verse 11, for the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. Rock Shazak, be strong and courageous. God will do what he says he will do. And if we turn our back on him, he will turn his back on us. But if we obey him and follow his commands, he will cause terror to come upon those that do not trust and follow him. He will cause them to tremble. Just thinking now, I can't think of the psalm right offhand. 
but I know it's Isaiah 66. Just talking about the Lord looks for those that tremble at his word. We should, in that sense, we should tremble and fear at his word. And if we obey it, we have his blessing. We don't need to have terror. We had a funeral here yesterday afternoon. And one, one statement I always like to include in any funeral that I do is, is that those that have hope in Jesus Christ will mourn, but they are, they are not in despair. Those that do not have hope, they mourn in despair because they have no hope. And we have the hope. And in, in, in God's word, we can, we can tremble in our fear and love for him and respect for him. But it's not a terror fear. It's a fear of respect. It's a fear of love. And it's, and it's a fear of, of wanting to worship and to serve him. That's the introduction. Turn with me to Second Chronicles. This is our text for the day. <laughs> when I gave that to Stephen, it was Second Chronicles 16 through 20. Right, we're going to cover four or five chapters today, okay? So I hope you brought your crackers and snacks. And it, because I'm actually going to start in chapter 15. <laughs> Asa was one of the kings of Judah. Yeah, in, in, uh, we had the, t- the ten tribes to the north were Israel. The two tribes to the south were Judah when, when the nation was split. And Asa is the king over Judah, and he is following the Lord. He's doing what he's supposed to be doing. Um, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're not going to read all five chapters, but I am going to read some sections, so hang with me and, and um, we'll get through this. Now the Spirit of God came on Azariah, the son of Obed, and he went down to meet Asa, and he said to him, Listen to me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you when you are with him. And if you seek him, he will let you find him. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Down to verse 7. Rakshazak. But you, be strong and do not lose courage, for there is reward for your work. So they assembled, verse 10 They assembled in the third month of the 15th year of Asa, just to get a a little reference of time, in the 15th year of his reign. Verse 12, they entered into the covenant to seek the Lord God of their fathers with all their heart and soul. And whoever would not seek the Lord God of Israel should be put to death, whether small or great, man or woman. Let's put that into the state constitution, huh? That'd go over real big. Whoever would not seek the Lord God of Israel should be put to death, whether small or great, man or woman. Moreover, they made an oath to the Lord with a loud voice, with shouting, with trumpets, with horns. And all Judah rejoiced concerning the oath, for they had sworn with their whole heart and had sought him earnestly, and he let them find him. So the Lord gave them rest on every side. When when the Jews did what they were commanded to do, God gave them rest. He gave them peace. And, and they weren't quiet or meek little church mice about it. They shouted with trumpets, with instruments, 
And they rejoiced, for they had sworn with their whole heart that they would follow the Lord. Chapter 16. Now we're in the 36th year of Asa's reign, so what do we have? 21 years have gone by. A lot happens in 21 years. Think over the last 21 years of your life. There's been times where we walk with the Lord and have sweet fellowship. And then there's times where not so much. And it's those times in our lives that, that tell us who we really are. And whether our faith is truly in the Lord or not. And Asa, I don't know, got fat, dumb, and happy or something. I don't know. Because he, a, a battle situation comes up. And, and he makes an agreement with a, with a king that, that isn't a follower of God. And he, he doesn't seek God in this endeavor. Excuse me. <laughs> I'm getting it backwards. The first time he did, okay, and they had the victory, and that's why they've had the peace. Now we're coming to this event here, and he doesn't seek the Lord. Let me find my verses here. Okay, yep, starting chapter 16, Second Chronicles 16, verse 7. For whatever reason, Asa had not sought the Lord before he made this agreement. And he's going to be called out for it. Verse 7, at that time, Hanani the seer came to Asa king of Judah and said to him, Because you have relied on the king of Aram and have not relied on the Lord your God, therefore the army of the king of Aram has has escaped out of your hand. Were not the Ethiopians and the Lubian an immense army with many chariots and horsemen? Yet, because you relied on the Lord, he delivered them into your hand. This was previously, not this current event. For the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. You have acted foolishly in this. Indeed, from now on, you will surely have wars. Then Asa was angry with the seer and put him in prison, for he was enraged at him for this. And Asa oppressed some of the people at the same time. If you don't like what somebody says, throw them in jail. Right? Makes sense to me. Verse 11, now the acts of Asa from first to last. Behold, they were written in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. In the 39th year of his reign, he became diseased in his feet. His disease was severe, yet even in his disease, he did not seek the Lord. But the physicians, he didn't seek the Lord. And he suffered. He didn't die till his 41st year, so he suffered with that disease for two years, and I'm sure it was painful. Because he did not seek the Lord. I can't remember exactly what the words were, but last week we talked about something that would be good to have on your, your gravestone. This isn't one of those. You, you, you don't want this on your gravestone, okay? 
he did not seek the Lord. So he dies, he goes away, and we've got to have another king, so on the scene comes Jehoshaphat. Uh, Chapter 17, verse 6, he took great pride in the ways of the Lord and again removed the high places in Asherim from Judah. Okay, this is one of the things that Asa had done. So obviously towards the end of Asa's reign, he he became a little lax. And and, and that's, I mean, that's obvious from his actions that he, he didn't rely on the Lord for the battle plan and he didn't rely on the Lord to take care of his feet and his health. But it, it, and so when he when he went off the scene, Jehoshaphat had to do do it all over again. And again, in verse six, it says he removed the high places and the ashram from Judah. Verse ten. Now the dread of the Lord was on all the kingdoms of the land which were around Judah, so that they did not make war against Jehoshaphat. That sounds a little bit like what was happening back in Joshua's day, doesn't it? <coughs> When, when we follow God's commands, we follow his law, we do what he says, we, we receive the same blessings that they received back further. The dread of the Lord was on the kingdoms. Chapter 18. We might get through 20 today. There's a, there's a little scenario here that's it's not the focus of where I'm going, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but um, Jehoshaphat's trying to align himself with Ahab and, and to go to war. And, and, and Ahab says, well, there's this, this guy, Micaiah. He, Ahab has his, his priests and prophesiers, to, his seers, to say that, yeah, you'll, you'll have victory in the battle. But Jehoshaphat says, wait a minute, I want to hear from somebody that's the, a man of God. And so Ahab says, well, there's this guy, Micaiah, but I don't like him because he always says what the Lord wants, and that's not always what I want to hear. He can't help himself. He's actually a man of God. <laughs> He's going to do what God tells him to do. Ahab says, I don't like him. Jehoshaphat says, let's hear what he says. Long story short, Jehoshaphat ends up going to battle with Ahab. Ahab dies. The Lord spares Jehoshaphat. We get to chapter 19. In verse 1, Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, returned in safety to his house in Jerusalem. And Jehu, the son of Hanani, the seer, went out to meet him and said to King Jehoshaphat, Should you help the wicked and love those who hate the Lord and so bring wrath on yourself from the Lord? But there is some good in you, for you have removed the Asherah from the land, and you have set your heart to seek God. So Jehoshaphat lived in Jerusalem, went out among the people from Beersheba to the hill country of Ephraim, and brought them back to the Lord, the God of their fathers. The rest of that chapter, he's continuing to set some things straight. Chapter 20, there's going to be an invasion by the Moabites, Ammonites, and Edomites. Y'all remember who, the, who their relatives are? Where, where did the Ammonites come from? I guess we, we'll, we'll, just, we'll include those two together since they're so closely tied. The Moabites and the Ammonites. Who is their papa? 
Anybody remember the story of Sodom and Gomorrah? A fellow by the name of Lot. He leaves the city with his two daughters and his wife. The angel told him, don't look back. Mom looked back and became a pillar of salt. She didn't obey the word of the Lord. So Lot takes off with his daughters and they move away. They, they are, are hiding out in caves. And they each take turns. After a while, there's, there's no guys around, so they said, we're, we're not going to have any offspring. So the oldest girl says, I'm going to get dad drunk tonight and lay with him. And she didn't. She got pregnant. And then the next night, the younger daughter did the same thing with their dad. Got him drunk and laid with him and got pregnant. And their, their children were the Ammonites and the Moabites. Benami was the Ammonites, and I can't think of the, the, Moab, the Moabite right now. But down through, down through time, through history, the Ammonites and Moabites to this very day are still a thorn in the flesh of the Jews in the land. Because they were born out of sin. What about the Edomites? Anybody know who they descended from? Anybody remember a fellow by the name of Esau? Jacob had a brother. Esau was the older, Jacob was the younger. Esau sold his birthright for what? Some stew. Yeah. I'm going to die, so my birthright doesn't do me any good. As my granddaughter would say, drama, drama, drama. (laughs) Because of what Esau did, and of course then, uh, was it Rachel or Rebecca? It was Jacob and Esau's mom. Sorry, I can't remember which one right now. Jacob's wife. Anyhow, she helped, she helped Jacob deceive dad into thinking that he was Esau so that he could get another part of the, the, the what do I want to say, the family inheritance and the rights to it, to claim it. Jacob means Deceiver. Which is kind of funny that God used him to become the father of Israel. Isn't that just amazing? God can take the heart and change it and make it right. Only God can do that. But here we have the the Edomites, the Moabites, and the Ammonites coming to attack. the, The perennial enemies of the Jews, again, even to this day. Verse 3, 2 uh, Chronicles chapter 20, verse 3. Jehoshaphat was afraid and turned his attention to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered together to seek help from the Lord. They even came from all the cities of Judah to seek the Lord. Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court, and he said... O Lord, the God of our fathers, art thou not God in the heavens? Art thou not ruler over all the kingdoms of the nations? Power and might are in your hands so that no one can stand against you. Didst thou not, our God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend, forever? And they lived in it, and they have built you a sanctuary there. 
for your name, saying, Should evil come upon us, the sword or judgment or pestilence or famine, we will stand before this house and before thee. For your name is in this house, and we cry to you in our distress, and you will hear and deliver us. And now, behold, the sons of Amnon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which was the Edomites, whom you did let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, they turned aside from them and did not destroy them. Behold, how they are rewarding us by coming to drive us out from your possession, which you have given us as an inheritance. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we are powerless before this great multitude who are coming against us. Nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And all Judah was standing before the Lord. They were standing before the Lord with their infants, their wives, and their children. That was unusual because normally in an assembly like that, it was just the men. But the whole nation has come. They're standing before the Lord. Verse 14, in the midst of the assembly, the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah. The Levi, we should just skip that verse. The Levites, the sons of Asaph. But I wanted, I wanted to get Asaph in there because if you think back to the Psalms, Asaph was the Levite that, that was the great song writer and choir leader, choir director. Verse 15, he said, Listen, all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, Rock Shazak, do not fear or be dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God's. And when we were in Joshua, we returned repeatedly to Deuteronomy 3.22. Do not fear them, for the Lord your God is the one fighting for you. Any battle we fight, we're going to lose, folks. We can't do it. The battle is not ours, but God's. Verse 17, you need not fight this battle. Stand and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. The end of the verse, for the Lord is with you. Verse 18, the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Verse 20, towards the end of the verse, listen to me, O Judah, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, put your trust in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Put your trust in his prophets and succeed. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed Jehoshaphat. He appointed those who sang to the Lord and those who praised him in holy attire as they went out before the army and said, Give thanks to the Lord, for his loving kindness is everlasting. And when they began singing and praising, get this, this is so cool. When they began singing and praising, The Lord set ambushes against the sons of Amnon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, so they were routed. 
For the sons of Amnon and Moab rose up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, destroying them completely. And when they had finished with the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. I don't, I don't think West Point teaches that as, as one of the, the, the techniques and methods of, of battle, okay? First, you two get together and attack your ally, and, and when you've got them all dead, then just attack each other. Now, I don't think West Point teaches that. I really don't. Even though Air Force beat Army yesterday. Oh, I'm not supposed to talk about football. Sorry. Um, <laughs> that one just slipped out. When Judah came, um, no, let's. Verse 26. They assembled in the valley of Barak and they blessed the Lord. Verse 27, returning to Jerusalem with joy, for the Lord had made them to rejoice over their enemies. Verse 29, and the dread of the Lord was on all the kingdoms of the lands when they heard that the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. End of verse 30, so for this, for his God gave him rest on all sides. Just want to go back for a moment to verse 12 and just pull that out. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? We are powerless before this great multitude who are coming against us. And and right here, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Hang with me. I'm just going to flip to a couple verses real quick and, and draw it to a conclusion here. But Psalm 119, verse 126. It is time for the Lord to act. For they have broken thy law. In some translations they say they have regarded your law as void. It is time for the Lord to act. For they have broken your law. I think it's pretty easy to say that if Prop 3 goes through, we have broken God's law once again. What do we see in the history with Asa and and the the Jews down through time when they didn't obey God, when they treated his law as though it was void? Trouble. Trouble. The same terror that came upon the enemies of the Jews when they were living for the Lord comes upon them. Proverbs 21.1 The king's heart is like channels of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he wishes. We've talked about um, 
<laughs> the building project, how God provided and met that and, and above and beyond what we needed to do that. And we talked that God's will, God's work done in God's way, and in his time we'll have his support. God's will will be accomplished on Tuesday. I shudder to say that in case it passes. But if it does, it's his will, unfortunately. Because we have been so faithless for so long. Maybe we are too far gone. Turn again with me to, we were here just briefly a couple of weeks ago to Luke chapter 18. This will be in closing. mentioned a couple weeks ago this passage where a woman was coming to a judge who did not fear God and did not respect man. She kept coming to him. She wanted the legal protection that she was due, but he was refusing her. And so she kept coming and kept coming and kept coming. And finally, in verse 5, the judge throws up his arm just in frustration. I will give her legal protection lest by continually coming she wear me out. Verse 6, the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge said. Now shall not God bring about justice for his elect, who cry to him day and night, and will he delay long over them? I tell you that he will bring about justice for them speedily. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Is it too late for us? It might be. Only God knows that. But if it passes on Tuesday, it will be our just due. It will be our reward for our faithlessness over the last 50 years. Will he find, when when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Mark 9.20, and they brought the holy the boy to him, and when he saw him immediately, the spirit threw him into a convulsion. Falling to the ground, he began rolling about and foaming at the mouth. And he asked his, Christ asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And the dad said, from childhood. And it has often thrown him in bo- uh, both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you can... All things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the boy's father cried out and began saying, 
I do believe. Help my unbelief. And folks, I've been speaking a lot on this in the last couple months. Tuesday's just two days away. God is the only one. That's what I started to say about the building thing, was to, to have a dream so big that only God could do it. My dream is that God will do this for us on Tuesday. And the only way it's going to happen is if God does it. But, but, I do believe, help my unbelief, and at the, 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 Luke 18, verse 8, is there enough faith left in the body of Christ in the state of Michigan? I, I don't know what God's will is for us. But I know with every fiber of my body between now and Tuesday, and it has been for the last several weeks, I've been praying earnestly, earnestly, God, change people's hearts, work in hearts. Make them aware of what this truly is, what great evil it is. Christ is the author of life. He gives life. Every life that has ever been has been given by him. And who are we to say, God, you made a mistake. You screwed up, God. I don't think God takes too kindly to that. When we try to slap him in the face with that. Pray, people. Pray. We've, we've handed out hundreds of, of pieces of paper. That doesn't do any good unless God is in it, unless he sees that we have the faith that we're calling out to him. Psalm 119, 126, it's time for the Lord to act. But if he's acting on our faith, our trust and our belief in him, is it enough? Father, Father Jehoshaphat said, we don't know what to do. But what we are doing, Father, is looking to you. Father, please intercede. Please. We pray that your will would be done, Father. Help us to have a faith 
and faith in you that even if this does pass, we know that you are still on the throne and you have a reason. Though we might not like it. But Father, we pray that your will be done. Help us each to take seriously our responsibility to to get out and vote on Tuesday, Lord. So that we can see you at work. Yes, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. There's still paper.